0: Welcome to the Precision Medicine Podcast, where experts come to discuss the problems oncologists, reference labs, and payers face as precision medicine grows and consider solutions for advancing the quality of patient-centered cancer care. Welcome to the Precision Medicine Podcast. I'm Jerome Madison, host of the podcast, and today we have Nigel Russell, the founder of the Journal of Precision Medicine. Nigel, thanks for coming on and talking about all the great things that you guys have going on. Oh, my pleasure, Jerome. Thank you for having me. How did the uh, publication start and you know, how did you develop the focus of your content? Great question. We,
1: Gosh, I've been involved in life science publishing for over 20 years. and About five years ago, started thinking about you know, what are the upcoming issues that face the life sciences in general and had the idea for the Journal of Precision Medicine. We were very fortunate with President Obama announcing the Precision Medicine Initiative about five months after we launched. So we were on a, a very fortuitous timeline with that. And a lot of discussions with various stakeholders that we felt there was a need for the journal. And it is not a peer-reviewed journal or a newsy publication. It's more of an opinion-based publication for any and all individuals involved in the precision medicine arena.
0: Mm-hmm. Who are your, the bulk of your readers? Is it more industry, more on the clinical side, scientist? As you can probably imagine with the
1: precision medicine landscape being so broad, we have a wide variety of readers from, as you say, from researchers, physician scientists, clinicians, regulatory individuals. So it's very, very broad. So we're fortunate in that respect. But again, that makes us have
0: to be very diverse in our editorial content. Yeah. I mean, it takes a very keen eye because just as you said, I mean, the term precision medicine, what we're finding is expanding by the day. (laughs) And there's a lot of key folks who are interested and have eyes On the field, nonetheless, you know, insurers and investors. But what's your background? Because obviously it does take a a very attentive focus on building a publication like this. Well, yeah,
1: my previous publications were more involved on the manufacturing and outsourcing side of pharmaceuticals. So my background is not solely in the medical arena, but it is very interesting that when we were pursuing what thoughts were, were happening and taking place as far as launching the publication. There was just a lot of interest in the area of precision medicine, personalized medicine, targeted therapies that were being brought to the public. And I think that the, you know, the genesis behind the publication and how we decide on what topics to, to cover is brought to us a lot by our readers how they feel the marketplace payer side is evolving and also the way in which the the patient themselves through various forms is is getting more educated that brings a very deep insight into what areas that editorially wise we should cover we try to do that as you can probably imagine it's very very difficult sometimes but um because there are so many areas to cover but we try
0: our best well as an industry publication can you describe kind of the growth and the interest happening in the precision medicine industry that you're hearing Yeah, great question. You know, as I'm sure
1: you do Jerome, I attend a lot of industry conferences and try and keep myself up to speed on what what's happening. But I think in the artificial intelligence, machine learning areas, they're very very sort of white hot at the moment and that gives a very an interesting angle to and research and development of the therapies plus a lot of the within healthcare systems analyses of patient populations that can be addressed and ultimately catered to much more effectively so those are the two areas but oncology has been in my view, the, the poster child of precision medicine thus far, because there's been a lot of investment made in that area. But other areas that I have noticed over the last two or three years that have coming to the fore more and more, the cardiovascular arena, autoimmune diseases,
0: mm-hmm.
1: rare disease, infectious disease, uh, that are being, again, being brought much more to the fore for these precision medicines or targeted therapies.
0: It's enormous, the growth in how far, genetic and genomic testing and the development of different tools are reaching into healthcare. And as you said, it's not just oncology, it's other autoimmune diseases as well. As we said before, precision medicine is a pretty broad term. has become a buzzword here in healthcare. But what was difficult in the beginning is that, you know, this is not a drug. It's not a prescription. It's not something that you can you know, communicate to a clinician where they it's, you know, five milligrams BID. It really wasn't a product, but it was a service for the clinician and patient to deliver information. What are your ideas on how to best communicate precision medicine to the masses? That's a wonderful question. And I
1: think as an industry, th- that's still a very, very difficult question to answer. I'm sure a lot of our listeners here and people associated with precision medicine are still struggling with the lack of education within various groups that are, you know, on the forefront of practicing medicine. For example, many of us may go to our general practitioner and bring up some ideas about whether it be pharmacogenomic testing for various things, drug interactions, etc. But I think, and the GP will have no idea what you're talking about, and I think that varies from, you know, what institution you are. As we all know, 85% of oncology patients reside. In rural areas. So, if you don't have access to one of the larger academic institutions where these individuals are very cognizant about what precision medicine is and what it can be utilized, whether it be immunotherapies or, or such like, but the education part of it, I think, as a publisher and a, as a conveyor of, of information, is very, very important. I think that is one area, you know, as a health system that we can improve on greatly think that is lacking. I don't know whether it's a good thing to bring into medical school curriculum. I know students are very busy as they, at the moment, but I think maybe we could bring into that environment more education about precision medicine. And not only on the the genomic side, but that has again been an area that has had very strong support. I think we've got to bring to to the discussion, the areas of reimbursement, companion diagnostics. Mm-hmm. There are just so many facets, as you know, to precision medicine that, that I don't think we can just focus on one specific area, but just a broader education so that when someone does graduate from medical school, at least they have a general grounding, especially on the, the GP level, I think. Once you become more specialized, then you're going to be more aware of what options there are for, for precision medicine.
0: And I think you guys at the Journal of Precision Medicine do a tremendous service for the industry because you bring those key stakeholders together to talk about precision medicine, how we communicate it, because as you mentioned, it just means different things to different people. And one of the ways that you facilitated this conversation is with your Precision Medicine Leaders Summit that you have coming up in different times this year. Tell us about the summit and what we can expect in attending as you would probably
1: imagine a great addition to the journal when we first launched the journal we felt that there was a need for a live event to try and get the gather the community together to discuss some of these various issues into and i think we're at this stage now where everybody is more cognizant about what precision medicine means but now it's about the implementation and how we as a community come together and try and you know face some of those issues so what we did is we started an annual event three years ago which took place in san diego Um, In the last couple of years we did san diego and jersey city this year we're actually running three events which we're very excited about one in upcoming very soon in june on the campus of upenn medical school another in October in San Diego, and in December in Houston at the Texas Medical Center. But what we're trying to achieve with those events, uh, again, is to try and discuss the various areas. We have individuals from biopharm, smaller biotech, large academic institutions, the FDA, NIH. We're trying to ascertain where institutions and individuals are having Issues with the implementation, because I think that that is a the next step in the evolution of precision medicine. What we're trying to do is to create—I don't want to say a core group of individuals, because it's much broader than that—but create a, a community again that can discuss these issues on an ongoing basis, and then utilize the journal to try and share some of the content that that comes from our meetings. So, yeah, it's an exciting time. It's a very busy time, I think, for all involved in precision medicine because there are, again, so many facets and it seems to be a changing landscape every day. <laughs> there seems to be new, new breakthroughs. And, mm-hmm. and again, sometimes with those breakthroughs come challenges. But I think overall,
0: the community itself is ready to address those. Yeah. How do they register and when it comes to cost of registration and things like that? give us some information on where to send our listeners if they're interested. It's a very, very simple website. It's
1: www.precisionmedicineleadersummit.com. There you'll find all information on all of our events. Uh, We feel that there's an ability to create a really intriguing discussion at the events. And thanks to our sponsors, we consider ourselves one of the most reasonable events to attend. All of the events are two days in length, but they vary from dependent upon your affiliation, whether it be a non-for-profit or all the way up to industry. It varies from $200 to $900, I believe. So we feel that that, and that includes a lot of networking too, which is important in this space because it is a collaborative effort. So not just listening to our panel discussions or our keynotes. There's a lot of opportunity to to meet some individuals that uh, you may not get the opportunity
0: to meet otherwise. Yeah, for sure. I know I'll be there and it is June the 11th and 12th in Philadelphia, the upcoming
1: one, correct? That's correct. Yeah. And we're delighted to have Jerome there. He will be conducting some interviews with our panelists and speakers. So keep your eyes and ears open for those um, probably in mid July. So thank you for doing that, Jerome.
0: Yeah. I appreciate the invitation. As you said, it it really is all about networking and collaboration with what we're trying to do to bring this to the forefront of healthcare. You know, real quick, you've been working on this for, gosh, I don't know, I'm, I'm sure quite a while. What are some of the speakers, the topics, and what are you excited about about the summit that stands out? Yeah, I'm very excited that we've got a a great faculty. We're kicking
1: it off with an excellent keynote on digital pathology and artificial intelligence by Dr. Mike Montalto, who is the VP of Translational Medicine at Bristol-Myers Squibb. We also have a great contingent from the University of Pennsylvania Perelman School of Medicine. Dr. Bob von der Heide is going to be talking about immune health on the second day of the event. And then one of the things that I'm very excited about is we have a keynote address on the the evening of the first day with Dr. Grace Cordovano, and she is going to be coming from a patient perspective, patient advocacy, which I think sometimes is overlooked at a lot of these events. But I think at the end of the day, I think the best thing for us to to remember, we're all working diligently every day, but the best thing to remember is it is all about the patient. Um, So we're delighted to bring that perspective to the event and interspersed with that, you'll you'll find other topics such as, oh gosh, you know, diagnostics, accuracy, women's health, bioinformatics side of things, big data. There's just a, a broad swath of content. So yes, if you're able, we'd love to see, love to see people there. So everyone is welcome.
0: So for those of you out there who would like to follow the Journal of Precision Medicine What's the best way that they can really follow you besides, obviously, you know, going to the website? How can they track the articles that are coming out and follow you on social media, possibly? No, that's great.
1: We have a Twitter, Twitter feed, which is at JernPrecMed. We also have a, a LinkedIn presence for the Journal of Precision Medicine and also the Precision Medicine Leaders Summit. You can get updates there. As far as editorial content, we produce the journal on a quarterly basis. So if you would like to receive that in your mailbox in a digital format or in a print version, be sure to visit the thejournalofprecisionmedicine.com and subscribe so you will ensure your own personal copy. But those are the ways in which probably to follow us on social media and through the journal itself.
0: You can also connect with all of us on LinkedIn. I think that's where we're most active on our platform certainly hit the Intervention Insights Company page on LinkedIn, where we'll be posting live from the Precision Medicine Leaders Summit. If you can also connect with me on LinkedIn, that's E. Jerome Madison on LinkedIn as well. So before we get out of here, also tell them about the other conferences that is coming in both California and Houston and when they should look out for registration for those conferences. Sure. Thanks, Jerome. We have the PMLS
1: Wet in October the 10th and 11th in San Diego. Registration will be open for that event mid-June. If you visit, again, the precisionmedicineleaderssummit.com website, there'll be more information on the, the agenda and ways in which to register. And in December, at the Texas Medical Center, we will have our events on December 4th and 5th. Registration will be open for that event in mid-August. So again, take your time to, to review on our website the current agenda and speakers, which will be available again in mid-August. We'd love to see you at one of the events, so please let us know if you have any questions. We can always be reached via email or phone. Contact details on our website. Open to any questions.
0: Well, we salute the work you've done because you have created a first-class publication for the industry. So we want to thank you, Nigel Russell, and, of course, all of our listeners for joining us today. We hope you'll tune in for the next episode of the Precision Medicine Podcast. Also connect with us on Twitter at PMP by Trapello. Don't forget you can download full transcripts of today's episode at precisionmedicinepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you probably know someone else who would too. So please tell them they'll thank you. And so will we.